As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Would you have made the same decision if he was a starter? <clears throat> he wasn't the starter. I know. That's an irrelevant question. He was the backup. Okay. He made a mistake. And we had a long uh, discussion about how to handle it. And, you know, it was, it was, it was to uh, wave chat. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my co-host and partner in crime. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, you just said it, man, right before I hit the record button. What a tumultuous, let's say, 36 hours it has been. I, I, I'm still in disbelief a little bit. And one podcast ago, we were talking about Kelly as the future, you know, of the position for the Broncos, future quarterback. Now he's no longer a part of the team. Now he's on the street. He was arrested. I still don't know what really happened. I'm just in a daze right now. Yeah. And probably like he was when he broke into someone's house. Yep. We have so much to, to get to today, including Chad Kelly, Case Keenum. We're going to unveil a new segment. We're going to get to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game and talk about whether or not the Denver Broncos have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game. And then we're also going to take some of your questions and reactions to what has been going on in Broncos country. But just really quick, first, you guys, take some time. Make sure you go leave a five-star review rate review the show whether you're listening on itunes stitcher spreaker iheart youtube spotify google play wherever you're listening to the show do zach and i a solid we we appreciate you we love you you're listening to the show but we're asking one extra step do us an extra solid and just leave a review tell us how you like the show tell us what your thoughts are give us some feedback and leave us a five-star rating because you know we're the best We bring you the most in-depth Broncos coverage on the web, whether it's on this podcast or at milehighhuddle.com. We are just dropping knowledge on the daily. I mean, the news broke on Chad Kelly, and I think Zach had a story up within like 10 minutes of it breaking on Twitter. So we're on top of it on the news side, on the analysis side. You know we are Broncos Country's deep divers, and this podcast is an opportunity for Zach and I to let our hair down even further and just go deep on your Denver Broncos. So help us out. We love that you're listening. Take it one step further. Leave a creative review. Call to action. Get that done. We got to say thank you also to Audible for sponsoring this show. 
You guys get yourselves a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. There's over 180,000 different titles that you get to choose from. Whether you're on an iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, that's audibletrial.com slash huddle up. You guys know I listen to this, this service, this app, each and every day because I love to read, but I don't always have time to sit down, turn the pages on the books that I want to read. But Audible gives me the opportunity to do that and you while I'm doing other things. So take this opportunity, this advantage of the free book and the free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. All right, so I've been chomping at the bit, dude, to get to this topic because it's this is something that has really stuck in my craw. And when, when the news broke that he had been arrested on Tuesday, you did a great job jumping on all the news that came out of that. And I took some time, waited for a, some of the, the, the dust to settle. And I wrote the gut reaction uh, article on the website. And one of the things I said was that I fully expect the Denver Broncos to cut Chad Kelly, but I wouldn't do it. And, and I explained why. We'll talk more about that here tonight. But they go ahead and they do it, Zach. And the thing is that, that really frustrates me about this, okay, is I'm not making any excuses for Chad Kelly. What a boneheaded move. We don't even know the full story, but just what we do know. I mean, obviously this was a guy who was fighting with the security there at a players-only Halloween party, decides to leave despite being people around him trying to keep him in the party but calm him down. He goes, I ah, breaks out of there, leaves, walks into someone's house, uh, at, after one o'clock in the morning, uh, supposedly the door was locked, though the police found no signs of a forced entry. He sits down on the couch and, next to a mother and her, I don't think we got the exact age, but a young child, and begins to mumble incoherently. She panics, right? And in comes the man of the house, beats him out of the house with a, beats Kelly out of the house, shoes him away, so to speak, with a, with a vacuum hose or some sort of thing. <laughs> next thing we know, he's arrested. So, we don't need to go through all the sort of details exactly of what the story is, but obviously, big mistake. Obviously, it's a guy who has a problem. Something slipped. You know, he he something snapped in him. I guess on on that night. Um, but I ask you this, Zach. I ask this rhetorically to everybody listening to the show today. What's the difference between Chad Kelly and? the seven, eight, nine, ten, or other, whatever, players, coaches, and personnel guys associated with this team who have either been accused of significant crimes or even convicted, and yet the Broncos have stood behind them. What's the difference, and why Chad Kelly? Why is he suddenly being made the, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, let's say an example. And, and before I serve this up to you, my take on it is this. The Denver Broncos, it's not a scapegoat. Okay, it's not a scapegoat. It's a, it's, it's like a, uh, it's like a fall guy. There's a lot of stuff cooking right now. The Broncos are sliding. There's a lot of guys looking to cover their, their backside. And at the end of the day, this was the last thing they needed, no doubt. That's on Chad Kelly. But this is the Denver Broncos looking for a means in, in, to get out of the spotlight as a means to take the onus and the scrutiny off the, the brass and the shot callers that are in charge of the direction of this team and put it on a guy in Chad Kelly and hope it kind of they can sweep things under the rug and keep this party rolling. What's the uh, difference, though, Zach, between, between Chad Kelly and, let's say, A.J. Johnson or Adam Gotsis or Tremaine Brock or Adam Jones or Matt Russell? It's interesting because I put it on Twitter that they stood by Gotsis and Johnson after rape accusations. They signed Adam Jones with his baggage. Elway has proven he has no problems bringing up board players 
and that have pre-existing baggage, but Kelly's was too much to overcome. And I feel like he personally insulted John Elway by going out and messing up. I feel like John Elway took a chance on him, maybe as a favor to his uncle, Jim Kelly. Uh, Elway and Kelly are close friends. And he gave him a shot. They talked him up. They, they knocked Paxton Lynch off the roster to promote Chad Kelly. And he goes out, and you cannot commit a more stupid offense than this. It's one thing to get drunk and I don't advocate drinking and driving, but to break into someone's house and sit on the couch and mumble, how does that even happen? I just – he had such a golden opportunity. So I feel like Elway's ego is at play as to why they cut him. And also I wrote on Twitter that based on the Broncos, the players they have in their past, I thought they would keep him. I didn't think they would cut him, at least right away. But they cannot create the perception that they're harboring malcontents. They cannot put it out there that they can turn the other cheek, especially when it involves women and children. You know how the NFL is with domestic issues and uh, they didn't handle some things correctly with Ray Rice and all those things. I, they really ha- it couldn't turn a blind eye. It involved a, a, a child and a woman. We don't know the full details. I heard that he tried to fight Von Miller at the party and he was fighting security. It was just a, a fracas. And the difference is he had a pre-existing uh, history. He was kicked out of high school, college, get bar fights. Yep. They knew he was one bad night away from going off the rails again. And he's been good to this point, and I just don't know what snapped. I saw on Twitter Orlando Franklin of 104.3 yep. The Fan. He speculated that it was a uh, he broke up with his girlfriend, and he just went off that night. But people break up every night. I mean, that's not the reason to go out and go breaking nettering. And I'm still wondering, how did he get in there if the door was locked? How does well, that— that's one of the things that's this this whole story that kind of has some holes, some pieces of the puzzle missing from the frame here is is that the the people pressing charges are saying that the front door was locked and yet there he was he walked in he sits down on the couch With no signs of forced entry police found no signs of forced entry so obviously there's something you know off we don't know the there. full detail yeah and we don't and I'm sure you know more more detail will come to light more information on this. Uh, and it'll be interesting to find out if this couple indeed decides to continue to press charges because I would imagine in this particular case, especially being who he is, that if the people che- choose to drop the charges, the state's probably not going to pursue because no one got hurt. Because the thing is, here's what's weird about that charge, okay? And I want to go back. I don't want to forget about what you said about John Elway because uh, um, that's an important point. But th- th- what's interesting about the particular charge that was levied on Chad Kelly, first degree criminal trespassing is it has to have the intent to break a law it has to it comes with part of it being a first degree offense is the intent to be criminal and if chad kelly's at a party he's probably lubed up and by the way it was reported falsely that chad kelly was tested for alcohol and found to have no alcohol in his system mike cliss reported that that was not the case so my educated guess would be he's at a party, guys are celebrating a holiday, they're getting after it a little bit on a long kind of mini bye week. Probably had a little something, something, obviously. I mean, look at his eyes in the mugshot, right? It was ripped. I mean, this guy was ripped. This guy was like just off his rocker. And out he goes, who knows? Like maybe maybe he's wandering, he, he you know, tears out of the, the party to kind of blow off some steam. I don't know. Maybe he's walking down the neighborhood, someone recognizes him. Maybe, who knows? I don't know. I, I mean, but there's something about this that is just weird. But even putting that aside, let's just pretend he's as guilty as the day is long and everything he's been accused of is absolutely true, which it probably is. Let's just assume that. John Elway, 
of all the people and of all the players in which he chooses to you know, stick his foot in the ground, plant his flag and say, this is where I draw the line. It's Chad Kelly. And I think you're right. I think you're onto something about the reason why, one of the reasons anyway. I'm sure there are multiple factors that went into the decision. But I think one of them is you're right, that there was a little bit of a personal element to this and probably something along the lines of when Jim Kelly talked to him, to, to John Elway on the phone, hey, take my, my nephew, you know, he's a changed kid, he's got all the talent in the world, you ha- I'm vouching for him, you have my word, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Not long after he was drafted, I would assume John Elway probably had some kind of a sit-down with Chad to tell him the score. That, look, you've been kicked off your high school team, you've been kicked off a Division I um, college football program, and we've got all these different off-the-field issues that have popped up with you over the years. You're on a one-strike policy here. And if that was the type of conversation or was made known and clear to Chad Kelly and this happens, I mean, you can understand how that would be an, a personal affront to John Elway. But still, why Chad Kelly of all the guys, of all the guys that you know the Broncos could have, you know, you, you, you talk about the court of public opinion, I mean, and women and children, and I get that a woman and a child were involved in this, and I don't want to make light of that. But most of the guys that I've named on the show tonight that have had run-ins with the law or even accusations and things like that, it was tied to women. It was tied to the abuse or battery or sexual misconduct toward a woman. So, mm-hmm. that was a, I mean, why Chad Kelly? That's the thing. And here's what is so frustrating about it. It's painful uh, for a lot of Broncos fans and, frankly, just so extremely disappointing is he was this close. This guy was getting his shot. It was going to happen. Jason Lockenfora, I mean, we've been talking about it on this show, but Jason Lockenfora uh, reported it that the Broncos were going to give him a shot once this season mathematically became out of reach for the playoffs. And we, I mean, looking at the record, we'll talk more about that later in the show, but that was only a matter, it's only a brief matter of time, the odds tell us, that the Broncos are going to be eliminated. They're already at three and four with a really stiff schedule left to play. So Chad Kelly was going to get his shot, Zach. Like all the chips, the dominoes were falling in his favor, and like he literally goes and does the one thing that could blow it all up. And to me, what's so striking was it was one day after Vance Joseph publicly said, I am comfortable with Chad Kelly becoming the starter, if that came to it, if Keenum were to go down. And one day after he hears that, he goes out and gets arrested. The lack of foresight and the lack of judgment on his part is just astounding. And I don't have any uh, – I don't feel bad at all for him. I really no, don't. You can't You can't feel bad for Chad Kelly. No, Not at all. He did it to himself. He he knew his his situation. He knew where he stood, and like you said, he probably had to sit down with John Elway, and they went through what's what. And he said, "You're listen. You screw up once, you're gone." And he was good in his rookie year. He didn't play, but he, you know he came back from surgeries and he learned the playbook. He was great in the preseason. He was number two quarterback in advance. He earns a trust with the coaching staff, and then he goes out and gets arrested. Yeah, it, it's just so. And I understand a, a sect of Broncos fans are happy that he's gone, or they understand why they cut him. But a lot of Broncos fans are disappointed because this quarterbacks with upside are hard to find, and yeah. Broncos fans know that all too well. And he had the upside. He could have been potentially a starting quarterback. When they drafted him, they took him with 2019 or 2020 in mind. They never planned to play him last year or this year, but you never know next year. Keaton could have been gone. Kelly could have advanced. He could have been the starting quarterback of this football team. Yeah. And now he might not ever get a shot in the NFL again. Yeah. All for what? Because you got drunk mm. or whatever he was on? It's just, yeah. It is so maddening, and I, I totally understand Broncos fans' pain with this. 
that's the thing too, man, is like, I remain adamant, absolutely adamant. And even our, our tight buddies and colleagues that uh, we work with in this business and at the website and on the network who will respectfully disagree, I will go toe-to-toe in the, in, in the Chad Kelly realm in that he has the physical skill set and many of the intangibles that will, would allow him to play in this league and, and be successful in this league. I remain adamant on that. I'm sticking to my guns. This kid has talent. But clearly, 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 you wondered in the past, maybe it was just a maturity issue. You know, he just needed to grow up. He was entitled. He was a Kelly. You know, he had this privilege that he kind of uh, exploited over the years. He got too many second chances. But probably it was just because, you know, he, he was immature and he needed to grow up and, you know, dropping almost all the way out of the draft and it taking a phone call from his uncle to even get drafted. That. That was enough. And it looked like by outward appearances, I mean, I wrote about in the gut reaction piece that the biggest surprise to me of 2017 wasn't the Broncos going 5-11. and 11. It was that Chad Kelly stayed out of trouble. I mean, <laughs> he was there was nothing to be heard or seen about him until he got back to OTAs in 2018 and then just, like, exploded. I mean, he, was, he just catapulted up the depth chart and really set the Mile High City on fire. He got people excited again that the Broncos might have a young quarterback that has some franchise uh, traits, some some possibilities, some upside there. But well, he's missing that one crucial thing between the ears, one crucial thing. It, there's some guys that just can't, you know, you, it's like a kid. There's, there's, there's some kids this way too, and you can say the same about adults. You can, some, most kids, you can say, hey, don't, do you see this stove? It's, it's red hot. Don't touch it. If you touch it, it will burn you. Don't do it. And they'll maybe get close. They'll maybe hover over it and go, oh, yep, bad idea. But then there's some kids that just, they have to touch it themselves. They have to learn the hard way. They're drawn to the drama. They're drawn to the fire, so to speak. And it's kind of like Michael uh, Caine's character says on The Dark Knight, some men just want to watch the world burn. burn. (laughs) And maybe that's freaking Chad Kelly. Maybe he's just chaos incarnate. And, you know, it's finally taken this this uh, series of events for everyone to finally go, all right, you know, enough's enough. But I, that's the tragedy of this whole thing. It's a football tragedy, not not a tragedy in a real sense. Look, there's a lot of bad stuff going on around the world. I'm, I'm not blind to that. But in a football sense, the real tragedy here, and one of the reasons why it's not only painful to Broncos country, but it is painful inside Dove Valley as well, is that this kid has upside. And the Broncos invested time. They got him to turn the corner in a sense. They got him to a point where they were going to be comfortable starting him when this season got out of reach and benching an $18 million quarterback for Chad Kelly. That was going to happen. And yet now it's all up in smoke. And that's why I think what the Broncos should have done at the end of the day. Here's here's what I think they should have done. You don't ignore it. You don't sweep it under the rug. No. You don't make excuses for it. You get out in front of it. You talk about how uh, disappointing it is, just like they did yesterday on Tuesday. They did a great job, you know, getting out in front of it, talking about how shocked and disappointed they were. But then I would have come back, and I would have hit Chad Kelly with some disciplines, whether it was, you know, I probably would have suspended him two games without pay, and I would tell him that, look, you are 100% absolutely on the last straw, thin ice, and one more, if, if we catch any whiff of any misdeed, any wrongdoing, any lapse whatsoever, even a, in a professional sense, like in the film room or on the practice field, you get in a fracas with a, with a teammate, I don't care what it is, you're done. But 
they didn't do that. They ultimately chose, you know what, we we got to wash our hands of this. And maybe it has something to do, Zach, too, with the fact that he does play a high-profile position. And, and let's face it, more is expected of quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, and the Broncos had a couple different options on what to do with him. You know, they could have demoted him. They could have suspended him. They could have fined him. But they chose the most extreme, which was cutting him, and only a day later. And to me, that sends a message that they were sending a message. They don't want to harbor these players. A lot of press was drawn to them when they signed A.J. Johnson. I mean, a guy who was three and a half years was battling one rape accusation. And the Adam got this thing. And Carlos Henderson got arrested. They have 51 arrests since 2000. That's the most in the NFL. So they have some sort of reputation around the league and around the country as this um, a team that's kind of in disarray, in a sense. And then it spans different front offices and different regimes. And they harbor these players. And if it was an insult personally in the John Elway, it was an insult to me because I, I spent a year talking up Chad Kelly. And I knew he was going to make a leap up the depth chart. I was a big, big fan of his. I was telling Broncos fans on here, on Twitter, on Facebook, just give him time. He's going to be a good quarterback. And he let me down. He, I, I feel always paying for that. It, it was that he's a quarterback, and it was that he was a Kelly, but it was, I think, more of an affront to John Elway. And it was just his pre-existing baggage and the fact that they already have enough players with, with history on their team. They just cannot afford to let another failed quarterback linger around the locker room. I think Elway learned his lesson with Pax and Lynch that it does a, a, a disservice to the Broncos team to have a, a bad apple around the bunch. And maybe Kelly was provoking Broncos players. Maybe he was starting crap in the locker room you know, at the party. We don't know the full details yet. But there was a reason why they moved so swiftly and they imposed the harshest penalty on him, which they could do, which was cutting him. I mean, I thought personally they would demote him for sure. He'd be inactive on Sunday. Uh, Kevin Hogan would be the number two quarterback. They would probably suspend him for a game or two, uh, you know, lash him out in the media against him. But to cut him 24 hours later, I was surprised. Yeah. I, it's just it, it definitely shows that uh, they were on a one-strike policy, and they weren't going to settle for anything less than that. And he disobeyed them, and he broke their trust, and now he's no longer employed. Well, and what's funny, too, is you if you listen to or read the transcript from Vance Joseph's remarks on Wednesday, so just hours after the decision was made to, to cut Chad Kelly— he was kind of asked whether or not there had been some kind of a pattern that Kelly had shown that would, uh, whether he had been disciplined privately in the past behind closed doors or if he had displayed any kind of pattern that would lead the team to expect something like this to happen. And Vance Joseph said, quote, no, he didn't have a pattern at all. And so you could be right. And there's a lot more to this story behind closed doors at Dove Valley, things that have happened over the last six months to year, to a year and a half that we don't know about. But I, I, I would probably chalk it up more if, if we were going to, you know, point towards things we don't know about. I would say it would, if, if, if it was in that realm, it has something more to do with, you know, the Broncos have a lot of professionals and have a lot of experienced guys uh, that do their uh, vetting and, investigative stuff in in the front office and security guys they they know a lot of them have ties to you know law enforcement and legal uh professions etc and who knows maybe through their investigation beyond what's been published through police affidavits and through other reporters maybe they have found something more that's even scarier than what the public knows right now 
who knows? Maybe there's something more. They maybe they know more than we do even right now, and right. they're even in that sense trying to get that much farther ahead of this. But no matter what the case might be in that regard, we don't know. And I still think the Broncos. One of the reasons why Broncos fans are so disappointed in this and why they're feeling such pain. And I'm with you on that too, by the way, Zach. I mean, I've been a clear believer in Chad Kelly's physical abilities and his competitive drive since the time that the Broncos drafted him. I mean, I I was an admirer of his despite his you know swag mentality and his his persona. I always thought he was he was uh, you know a really good underrated gunslinger type quarterback that that could could make it in this league and we've spent a lot of time on this show um talking about chad kelly and and on the website on why broncos fans should look forward to chad kelly and what he can offer this team uh in the short and the long term so it is an affront to to us as well in terms of it being that kind of a disappointment it's a letdown like when that news flashed across twitter for me uh on tuesday morning i was just like is this a joke? Is yeah, I was shocked. Like, is this Snopes? Like, what? <laughs> is this what the, the Onion? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it was a crushing, crushing disappointment for a lot of people because, and we're going to talk more about Case Keenum here in a little bit, but just based on what a lot of fans have seen from, from Case Keenum up to this point, Chad Kelly was really the only thing from a quarterback perspective fans could hang their hats on. And the guys on the other podcasts on our network have talked a lot more about this than we have. But if you look ahead to the 2019 quarterback class, you know, some fans might think, oh, well, hey, there's always next year's draft. You never know. And, you know, I'm going to hang my hat on that, take some consolation and comfort in that. Well, Justin Herbert, the the big quarterback from Oregon, he's really the only top 10 caliber quarterback projected to go in that class next year. And there have been all kinds of conflicting reports on whether he's going to declare or return to Oregon with the most recent really pointing more towards him returning because his brother is going to be playing on the team next year. And so if that's the case, the Broncos, Zach, they don't have and, – and also you look at the what, what's going to be out there from free agent perspective, there aren't any viable options at the quarterback position for Broncos country really until 2020. Now, that could change, right? Like who knows what Herbert could declare, but even if he does – the Broncos aren't going to finish as the worst team in the league this year. They're, they, I mean, they might not make the playoffs, and they might finish third in the AFC West, but there's going to be two or three teams at least that are worse than them, including the New York Giants, Arizona Cardinals, and Oakland Raiders. So you're looking at quarterback salvation at minimum, probably not coming until 2020 unless Case Keenum suddenly turns it around. I'm not a big fan of the 2019 class, even if Herbert does declare. It's not very strong to me. If they wanted a quarterback, they could have got one in this draft. And I'm not going back, and it's not revisionist history. Uh, I would wait until 2020, though, for Tua. That's just my opinion. It, that's why it's it hurts so much until then, because you don't have that bridge. Kelly could have been that bridge quarterback. And he was right there in the backup QB Hall of Fame, right next to Kyle Sloter. <laughs> yeah. And that's Bronco, you know, the popular player on the team is always the backup quarterback. And in the Broncos country, it's definitely the case. Yeah. You've always want to root for that guy. And Sloter was, you know, he was from the Broncos' backyard. And, and Chad Kelly had that pedigree coming out of Ole Miss. He was easy to root for. He had that alpha mentality, that swag. He was getting cheered on the field for a kneel down a couple weeks ago. He was just a very popular player. And it's always exciting for a fan base to rally around a quarterback and, and consider what he can bring to the team if they have that Tom Brady on the roster, that unheralded guy who can come in and be a long-term potential, you know, even 
all, all pro Hall of Fame quarterback, it, not maybe not to that extent for Chad Kelly. Uh, it's just so disheartening because now you have no one. Now you're stuck with Case Keenum, who's so underperformed through seven weeks or so. Uh, you have Kevin Hogan, who's a relative no one. And then w- who are you going to get? You're going to sign Kellen Clemens. You're going to re-sign Paxton Lynch, Matt Moore. Okay. It's no one to build around, no one to build excitement. Kelly yeah. was the exciting factor of that room, and now he's gone. So as much as Broncos fans have accepted this and resigned themselves to it, if, if from a fan's perspective, if I was thinking from a fan's point of view, I would be totally gutted right now. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it just it sucks that he's gone and he did it to himself. Um, but there's no one to rally around anymore. There's no one to get excited about. And if they don't want a quarterback next offseason, it's another year of Case Keenum and no one else. And that's not a very exciting proposition. And that's why, again, I just think the Denver Broncos, unless they clearly know something about this case and situation that we don't, which is very possible, and you could even argue likely, unless there's something like that still uh, up in the air, I just don't understand why they would cut bait on a player that really does offer that kind of hope. But here's the type of despairing comment we're getting on the, on the website, we're getting them on Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Here's one on the on your actual article on the site, Zach, that uh, mm-hmm. Broncos wave quarterback Chad Kelly, the official report from the site. This particular Broncos fan says, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a little bit lengthy, but he says, that's it. I'm officially done with the Denver Broncos. The hypocrisy of John Elway, the Denver Bronco organization, and the league in general have culminated into a PC quagmire that I no longer want to be affiliated with. After 42 years of not missing a game, I will find other sports to watch. Um, And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, when we allow a useless head coach and a mindless and, and clueless defensive coordinator and others to remain with this bright football team, yet we wave a a young and talented player the likes of Chad Kelly for a childish mistake. He says that's it. He's thrown in the towel. Now, he might be a little extreme and not... Just a little. You know, and he's not articulating his his argument all that well, but he goes on even further into this talking about just why Chad Kelly as opposed to all these other guys that have been accused of things ranging from, I won't go into it, but we've already touched on that very topic. And that's why, again, to me, what made Chad Kelly special? Now, one thing that keeps coming back to me, and this is something that uh, Eric Trickle, for example, has been uh, telling me for uh, 18 months, that, look, Chad Kelly, you know, he might be talented. He might be what you say and might and think he is. But the Broncos don't love him like you would think they would love a quarterback they drafted. It was more about the favor to Jim Kelly, um, you know, doing him a solid, and if something good comes of it, great. They just don't love Chad Kelly. Look at Adam Gotsis. He was a second-round pick. Now, granted, there was not enough evidence on Gotsis to even justify the charge, so the district attorney in that particular case chose not to bring charges. So... In other words, it's an unfounded accusation, right? That's He wasn't convicted of anything. But there are other people associated with this team even now and players that have have been not only accused of things and some vindicated like A.J. Johnson, but others who have uh, been convicted that I just don't get it. Chad Kelly gets drunk. At least Chad Kelly could say, look, I was on something. Uh, I had no criminal intent. It was a stupid mistake. And as this fan says, a childish mistake. And at least the Broncos could, I mean, there, there are solutions and ways in which to navigate forward. You hit him with discipline, you sit him down, you suspend him, you do whatever you're going to do from a disciplinary 
perspective. But then you also, uh, I hate to, to say this, but it happens in the in pro sports all the time, but you babysit Chad Kelly a little bit more, knowing what kind of upside uh, and, and investment he could possibly be for your team long term. And if that means, you know, he has to get a ride to and from work every day or whatever the case might be, guys keeping more tabs on him, whether it's fellow teammates or if it's, you know, other other employees of the Broncos organization. There's ways in which NFL teams manage situations like this, but the Broncos didn't want to do it. They're like, no, that's it. We're we're waving the 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 white flag. It's interesting because what the Cowboys did, if I remember correctly, with Des Bryant was they would always have someone check up on him. And yeah, he was a Pro Bowl receiver in his prime, but he's on a quarterback. And the Broncos, that's a great point. They could have done that. They could have devoted a man to follow him around or make sure he's not getting in any trouble, kind of tailing him. They just there, There's got to be more to the story that we don't know yet. There has to be some detail that's being left out, either what happened at the party or before or right after, what he told them. Um, I read on Twitter that he showed remorse when he met with Elway and, and Vance Joseph after his arrest. Yeah. We just don't know the full details yet. And I think until those truly come to light, if they ever do, we won't understand why they waited so wasted so little time to take action. It was either, like I said, Elway felt just totally insulted by what he did, or they looked into it and it's a pretty serious offense and they want to just distance themselves from it. Yeah. But with A.J. Johnson, they signed him after the fact. Right. They knew his charges were gone. And Gotts is – that's interesting to me because he, he wasn't a, a key player and he was kind of a, a, a unknown, relatively speaking. But he was accused of felony rape, mm-hmm. not just a, you know, a misdemeanor if there was such a thing. And they wanted to wait for all the facts to come out. They took their time. They stood by him. He he participated in the offseason program. and But Kelly, though, I mean 24 yeah. hours later, he's gone. So to me – and my gut tells me we don't know what truly happened that night. There has to be more that we're not hearing yet for Elway to release a quarterback of his stature and his potential. And like from the fans' comment, it just it just demoralizes the whole fan base. A large sect of Broncos country was big, big fans of Chad Kelly. I mean, he had a legit following, as if he was a starting quarterback already. Mm-hmm. And for them, and they knew that, and for them to just discard him, uh, it says a lot to me. Now let's let's touch on something you reported on in the Vance Joseph uh, article on the site. Just basically his reaction, because obviously the Broncos were away from the building the last couple of days uh, with this little mini bye week, if you will, ten days between the Cardinals game and the Chiefs game that's coming. And so the last two days, no player interviews, no coach meeting with the media, none of that. So. It was scheduled for today because today's a work day for the team. Uh, they're back in the building regardless of what happened with Chad Kelly. It was back to business as usual. So Joseph met with the media. And one of the things he said is that, um, let me find it here real quick. Our goal is to help Chad long term, close mm-hmm. quote. Now, this has led some in Broncos country to speculate that the Broncos aren't completely washing their hands of Chad Kelly, that there might be a chance for Chad to return to the team, maybe whether it be via practice squad and have to work his way back up the ladder, or you know maybe just work with him, help him get whatever uh, treatment or help that he might need, stand by him, see if this thing can turn, and if it, if they the team sees some kind of sign that it can, maybe bring him back. But what are your thoughts on that, and whether or not you think there's really any shot in hell of that happening for Chad Kelly? 
Yeah, I, I put that at the end of the article, and it stuck out to me, and it implied, at least on a surface level, that they have um, some sort of potential to bring him back. If he gets his nose clean figuratively and literally, uh, if he stays out of trouble, if he shows that he's committed to improving his personal life and is remorseful, maybe he can return the practice squad. He has eligibility there. So they did it with Carlos Henderson. He got arrested. He came back. It left me thinking there was hope still. And Elway said in his statement, even though Chad's no longer part of the team, we've offered to help him however we can and are supportive of him in every possible way. Now, if they wanted to wash their hands of him completely— I don't think both the quarterback, or excuse me. The- Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Coach and the GM would say that. There's no need for those kind of quotes if you don't look to possibly bring him back later. So maybe he'll come back yet. Um, Broncos fans shouldn't burn those number six jerseys just yet. There's still a chance there. That's what stuck, stuck out to me. I think they want to see what he can do. How he responds from being humbled professionally and personally, and if he can come back from this. If he commits himself to getting help, um, maybe a treatment program, we don't know yet. But I think that if he shows that he wants to come back and he fights to come back and he you know, takes it on the chin, so to speak, maybe there's a chance he comes back. That's what I read into that comment. If I would have been in that media room, I would have asked Vance Joseph what he meant by that. What does that mean? That look, you know, we're we're doing this for because we think it's what's best for the Broncos, and he also said it's what we think is best for Chad, and then he goes on to say that you know we're going to help him for the long term and and get him the help he needs for the long term. Coach, what does that mean? Can you can you elaborate on what the team's relationship or plan is to help Chad Kelly and what you mean by the long term? Because it does have some innuendo there that I don't think you're necessarily wrong on. Doesn't mean it's true. But the way he phrased that leaves open the possibility. So if if indeed the Broncos are saying, look, you know, we're going to be kind of in the same way you say it for anyone, you know, if someone gets fired or you hear from a friend that something bad happened, hey, I'm there for you or whatever, we're going to be there for Chad Kelly. His teammates are going to be there or former teammates for Chad Kelly. If that's really all they meant, I think it would probably be good for the Broncos to just come out and say something like that without necessarily even addressing that there was a need for it. Just come out and say, look, mm-hmm. Chad Kelly's not coming back. He's done. He burned his bridge. We wish him the best. You know, we'll be there to help support him any way we can in a general sense. But, like, he's done with our team. I think it'd probably be wise for them to do that. And if they don't, there might be some fire where that smoke is. Yeah, and Elway started out his statement. The first part of it said, uh, after reviewing all the information and in talking with Vance and Joe Ellis, we agreed that releasing Chad was the right thing to do. Now, his second part, he intimates that he wants to help Chad Kelly. He didn't have to say that, just like Vance didn't have to say that. So there's obviously some lingering connection there. I don't think the bridges are burned entirely. And if you would have asked Vance that question, which is a great follow-up question, he would have just blown you off in a cloud of platitudes. 
He would have given you a non-answer. He would have said, Chad Kelly has grit. You know, he wouldn't get on anything from him at all. (laughs) So uh, he was not giving, showing all his cards just yet. They don't even know what they want to do yet. I think they want to see what Chad Kelly can do, how he rebounds from this occurrence and this incident, and if he can respond. If he shows growth as a person, not just a player, um, there's a chance he comes back. If not, I think he's done for good. Yeah, so... Uh, but Broncos fans definitely should not uh, really hang their hat on that as a, as a, or pine for it in a hopeful way where you're kind of expecting it, you know, at the bottom of your heart to happen. I mean, that's like to me when a, because if, if John Elway has proven anything, and there's only one exception I can think of to this rule, and that's why they're, they're, they're rules, there's always that one exception. But usually when John Elway parts ways, like, that's it. And I'm not just talking about we're waving you from the roster and going to try and re-sign you to the practice squad, bringing back. I mean, like, you're cut, you're done from the team, and then, like, later on down the road, bring back. And Brock Osweiler is the only one I can really think of. So, John Elway, and there's been a lot of oppor- different opportunities for John Elway to do that, bring different guys back that would seem to make a lot of sense that had been with the Broncos in years past or seasons past, but... TJ Ward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, perfect example. So it's pretty unlikely it's going to happen with Chad Kelly, but that comment from both John Elway and Vance Joseph leave the door open somewhat. So interesting. Now, before we move on here, one other thing I want to touch on is your thoughts, Zach, on the Halloween party. Now, this is something that um, was blown up and blown out of proportion by TMZ, there's no doubt. Um, but the Denver Broncos players under the leadership of Vaughn Miller and even Orlando Franklin talked a lot about this this week that this is a common thing every team has these type of get-togethers and the Broncos have been doing it for a long long time obviously a big deal to them it's an opportunity to kind of decompress and let their hair down so to speak and it just happened to coincide on a on a perfect opportunity for them on a mini bye week where they had 10 days off and two full days away from the facility basically so they, they go out they get after a little bit on uh, Monday night and into the wee hours of Tuesday morning. But what came out after the fact is that this was apparently a Western-themed Halloween party. So like Chad Kelly, for example, went to this thing uh, reportedly dressed like Woody from Toy Story, you know, with the red bandana around his neck and everything. Of course. Um, But there was a couple guys who obviously weren't going to sport that motif, being Brandon Marshall, who dressed like the uh, former pop star Bobby Brown with a bag of flour posing as cocaine and a little <laughs> cocaine rubbed in his nostril to imply that, you know, look at all this cocaine I've been snorting. Kind of doing this weird drug motif with Bobby Brown. And then on the other side, you got Emmanuel Sanders. I forget the character's name. Forget Tyrone Biggums. There you go. From uh, the, the Dave the Chappelle show. Yeah. Um, Dressed like a crackhead, right? And behaving like a crackhead. And it's it's all fun and games. And, like, how can you really read into that as anything other than players just trying to kind of be funny and find these really obscure and 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 comedic costumes? And But the optics of it are not great just because of how, how the season has unfolded, some of the dramas that have taken place thus far. And then, of course, Chad Kelly goes out um, and from that party – gets popped for just this completely random and out of left field first degree uh, charge. So your thoughts, obviously TMZ portrayed it as a party that had quote unquote cocaine on the brain. Um, but the the Broncos have remained adamant, stuck to their guns. That Look, there was nothing wrong with what Vaughn Miller and the players organized there. 
It was a Western-themed uh, costume party for Halloween, and this was completely taken out of context and is, is fake news, basically, by, by the part of TMZ. First of all, TMZ uh, was way off base for reporting that. They wanted a click, and they clickbaited hard. That wasn't cocaine-themed. It was a Western theme, and two players were dressed as cocaine-inspired characters. I can't be the get-off-my-lawn guy for this one. They were partying. This happens every year. Every team has one, and if Chad Kelly didn't go out and get drunk or high or whatever he did and go break into someone's house, you would not have even heard about this. I have no issue with the party. From what I heard, it was very tightly controlled. There was security there. Uh, there was wristbands that were handed out that said if you're drinking, you can't drive. They had Uber services. I mean, they went to great lengths to preserve this. It looked like a fun time. I mean, everyone's having fun. It's Halloween. So I, I have no problem at all with the party. And John Elway doesn't. And Vance Joseph didn't. It was just one bad apple ruined the bunch. And that's what happens. Yeah. So – um, it, it looked fun to me. I'd love to be there. I'd love to be uh, partying with them. I, I don't see any fault with a bunch of teammates hanging out at, at a theater or a club or, and, and partying. It, if Chad Keller didn't get busted, yeah. this wouldn't even have been brought up at all. Wouldn't. Yep. And and even maybe if they were, um, you know, six and whatever. The, what is it now? So four, So six and one or five and two or, you know, four and three, it probably wouldn't. But because they're sub 500, it's even more of an issue. Look, they're not focused on the task at hand, right. yada, yada, yada. The only thing I would say to this to interject any kind of conversation that is uh, oppositional to what you said is that I don't, and maybe it is the, the get off my lawn, you know, old man in me. I am pushing 40 after all. But, like, these are professional athletes, and I would think that they would have a little bit more awareness and self-awareness to go that, look, if I'm go- I'm not saying don't dress that way. Don't dress up in a make-believe costume uh, and use drug iconography and motifs as your the impetus for your costume. I'm not saying don't even do that. What I am saying is, if you're going to do it, remember the fact that you are professional athletes, you represent a team in a city in a league, and you also are role models to children. And even though that might be a, a you know, a, a goof and a gaff and whatever, it still associates the Broncos, associates the player, associates the league with something illicit like cocaine or drugs or crack or whatever, what, what have you. So 15, 20 years ago, before the advent of social media, you never even would have seen that. No one, I mean, very few, if, if people took cameras to those type of things back in the day, they were pictures taken to be kept privately for f- their own personal photo albums and what have you, memories and forget-me-nots, whatever. But in today's <laughs> day and age, those images, from what I understand, and I could be wrong on this, they weren't t- captured and taken by others. I mean, those were captured by themselves and then put on their own social media for the world to see. And for me, that's where it's kind of like, come on, guys, be a little bit, just be a little bit more savvy than that. Like, okay, maybe if you were dressed up like freaking Darth Vader or something, Take take a snapshot, but it, where it's involving cocaine and and drug addicts and crack and all that, like just have a little bit more tact and taste and awareness. Yeah, I didn't hear about Brandon Marshall actually having a bag of flour and putting it on his nose. I didn't think it was that extreme. If that's the case, then I tend to agree with you that you have to have more foresight than that. You can dress up as Bobby Brown, but to have cocaine or what's supposed to be on your face, that's eh, a little extreme. Yeah. And Ty- Tyrone Biggums, that's a character from a, a, a fictional t- character from a show. I have no problem with that. I, I would tend to agree with you for the most part, but overall, it's a costume party. It's Halloween. I mean, go out yeah. and have some fun. Just don't get arrested. And Kelly broke that rule. Yep. 
the bad apple that ruined the bunch. But I think we've spent enough time, you know, gnashing our teeth and wailing over this this situation. Let's let's move on and and talk about Case Keenum. In fact, in our new segment, we're going to call it Orange Colored Glasses. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on those glasses and I'm going to be the eternal optimist here. And I'm going to exp- I'm going to tell you why you should now believe in Case Keenum. Forget everything there is from empirical data to, that, that shows Case Keenum being a, uh, you know, a bottom third, nay, a bottom five quarterback in the NFL through seven games. Forget all that. What I'm going to tell you right now is, look, Chad Kelly's gone. Odds tell us he ain't coming back. So those hopes you had, you know, the old cliches with the quarterback, backup quarterback being the most popular guy in town, throw them out the window because we all know you're not about to go jump on the Kevin Hogan train. There's nothing even remotely exciting about him as a quarterback. We all know that. So what does that mean? Case Keenum, for better or for worse, is as good as it's going to get for the Denver Broncos, guaranteed at least in 2018, probably for the next two years because, as we've already touched on, there aren't a lot of options for the Broncos to improve at the position, you know, in an obvious way or a measurable way beyond what they have now in Case Keenum. So you have to go all in even more so on Keenum. Kelly offered him that kind of fallback, that possibility that, you know, maybe he could spark something. And not only that, but maybe he could offer some kind of long-term viability as a possible franchise guy. That's all out the window. And maybe, Zach, it's not the worst thing because Case Keenum, yes, he has underperformed. He's disappointed a lot of people. He just hasn't been that clear difference maker that everyone was expecting him to be, especially coming off that phenomenal season that he had last year in Minnesota, second most accurate quarterback in the league, and leading the Vikings to not only a division championship, but also a playoff victory, and albeit it required a miracle play at the end, but he got the W nevertheless. But he's 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 fallen well short of that mark through the first seven games. Is there any reason to believe that that's going to change? And I'm going to say that, yes, there is, because even though I've said that he's running out of being able to use the excuse that he's still settling in and, you know, it's going to take some time, he's forming chemistry, he's soaking in the playbook and all that, I still think that there's some truth to that, okay? And the Broncos, as an organization, have been a little bit chaotic. There's been a lot of things outside of Keenum's control that have not played or helped him to play to his strengths, including play calling, which we've talked about at times on this show. So I'm here to tell you, I'm putting on my orange-colored glasses, and I'm telling you guys, chin up, believe in Case Keenum. The best is yet to come, and perhaps this Broncos team can indeed shock the world and turn around and be one of those rare, 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 rare birds that start two and four and still manage to make the playoffs. And now, Zach, you tell me the truth. You, am I wrong? Am I absolutely high right now on <laughs> with my orange-colored glasses, drinking some orange-colored, you know, who knows what from the uh, dispensaries in Colorado? I don't think you're on Kelly's level just yet, mumbling incoherently. But uh, I'm about to go I break don't... into my neighbor's house. I'll be right back. <laughs> I don't I don't agree. I just I can't I don't see it. I can't agree that he's this you you have to go all in and there's reason to be excited. Yeah, you have to go all in because there's no other backup now. It's his job and there's no pressure on him at all now. So you kind of have to rally behind him. You have no choice. It's him or literally no one. Kevin Hogan is no one to me. He would come in in a worst case scenario and he would last about a quarter. 
and he, he wouldn't even be competent. So they, they have to go all on Broncos fans, but they're not wanting to. It's begrudgingly. And, and Case Keenum, to me, just does not have it. And a lot to, of football left to be played, a lot of season left to be played. From what I've seen so far, and we talk about it every single week, I don't see a quarterback who's going to lead this team to the playoffs. I don't see a quarterback who's going to justify his contract. I don't see a quarterback who's even going to be a massive upgrade on what they had before. I just don't see it from what he's shown through seven games. And if they come out on Monday night and they rally around this Kelly thing and they rally around the trade deadline, all these rumors coming out, and Keenum throws three touchdowns and outperforms Mahomes, I will gladly eat crow. Gladly. I will put on the glasses with you. I just I'm gonna have to take them off though and look, <laughs> you know, realistically, I, to me that's my opinion. I just don't see with Case Keenum, and yeah, he has no pressure on him right now, and that's good for him. It wouldn't matter anyway, even if he had pressure. He's just not a capable franchise quarterback. He's not what the Broncos sign up for, and he's not worth the money. So it's either him or no one, and it's not a great set of options. This was probably the wrong week in which to roll out orange-colored glasses because <laughs> I really I'm having a hard time from an intellectual and even just a passion perspective, really buying into my own argument, because I'm trying to... give you credit, though. It was pretty good. I'm trying to give Broncos country reason for hope. And, like, we know that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, or even look at it like the best predictor of future performance is past performance. And who... But there's always exceptions to that rule as well. I mean, if that were the case, Case Keenum never would have turned the corner last year. So people do change. There are exceptions to each and every rule. And who knows, maybe this this issue with, with Kelly and the struggles this team have endured, maybe this is some kind of a, a turnaround point for, for Keenum as well, where he can go, look, I got to stick my foot in the ground. I got to pivot. I got to put this team on my shoulders and really show the team who was clearly having doubts about me in the front office. I mean, if they're leaking out to, to Jason Lockham for that, yeah, we're definitely going to sit the guy we're paying $25 million guaranteed once the playoffs are out of reach, if they're thinking that, I gotta, I gotta step it up. And who knows? Maybe, maybe he finds a way to do it. Because before this season started, I honestly believed. Like, look, I wasn't fooling myself. This isn't the second coming of Peyton Manning. But you guys heard me say on this show that I would, I expected Case Keenum just looking at the roster as it was. I expected Case Keenum to have a similar type of impact as a free agent quarterback acquisition on this team as Jake Plummer did for the Denver Broncos back in the day. And it just, he wasn't, I mean, Plummer was a clear upgrade over the greasy era, and he got him to the playoffs, and there was a lot of winning during the Plummer era, but he couldn't get him over the hump. Peyton Manning destroyed him in the playoffs back-to-back years, and then when they did finally get to the AFC Championship game, uh, Plummer did kind of pull a Chad Kelly in that he picked the absolutely worst moment to have his worst day as a pro. And they lost the AFC Championship game to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the rest is history. But that's not how it's played out so far for Case Keenum. But there was a reason why I believed that. So maybe Case Keenum, we know he has it in him. There's just something missing from the equation for him. And it's hard to put your finger on what it is. Is it the supporting cast? Is it the system? Is it the fact that he's never re- he hasn't really felt threatened by his job yet? Or I mean, we've sat here, Zach and I, on the show... I mean, brainstorming, trying to make sense of why Case Keenum has been such a such a disappointment. But he does have it in him. And the Broncos, here's the good news. They're, even though this was a massive distraction and they're, they're facing a monumental opponent this week, 
I mean, they're coming off a really high high, right? They just demolished an NFL team 45-10 to 10 on the road. And so maybe they can capture some of that momentum and Case Keenum can parlay that into a duel of sorts with Pat Mahomes on the road, which kind of leads us into the, the this segment. And we got to get moving because we're all running a little bit long here. But let's touch on the Kansas City Chiefs game. What do you expect to see? The same Chiefs team we saw a few weeks ago. Very high-flying offense. Uh, weapons that can beat you at every level. Um, it's going to be a really tough test for this defense, regardless of distractions or, or motivational tactics. They have to beat them with their offense, the Broncos, meaning they have to put up points. They have to hit those passes. They should have beaten the Chiefs. If if Case Keenum, your boy, just connects with Demarius Thomas on a wide open pass, yep. that a quarterback making $36 million should hit easily with his eyes closed. If they can do that, they have to score touchdowns. They have to get their running game going. It's going to be hard without Royce Freeman potentially. He has a high ankle sprain. He might not play. Make it the Phillip Lindsay show. Yep. Let them run the ball. The Chiefs' defense is awful. Run the ball. Control the clock. I, I said it on Facebook Live before the first Chiefs game, my keys to victory. Keep Mahomes on the sideline. The best defense is a good offense for them right now. And it's on the road at Arrowhead. That's very difficult. So you got to take the offense out of it for the Chiefs. If they can run the ball and the coaching is up to par and, and Bill Musgrave finds an identity and doesn't go too pass-happy, they can move Philip Lindsay down the field, get Devontae Booker involved, score points, touchdowns, not field goals, and let your defense do the rest. It's not going to be easy by any means. I didn't think they win the first game. I, I don't really give them a great shot at winning this game, but they can do it. They can rally around this, but it starts on offense for them. they got to score points. They go three and out. They fall behind 10 nothing. They're not going to win this game. That's that's number one. They No turnovers, smart football, good coaching, good offense, and, and a capable defense. It's easier said than done, but it's definitely possible. I, th- I agree with you 100%. We don't have time to get into all the nitty-gritty, but this comes down to Case Keenum shaking off all the rust and jitters and all the bad juju that seems to have fallen him around throughout this season and find a way to produce at the level in which he is capable and to maximize yes. the talent around him um, and the potential that is around him on each and every snap I agree with you. This is not good. I, I think the Broncos defense are going to be rolling off of that dominant performance on the road. I think they're going to play Pat Mahomes even on the road in Arrowhead. I think they're going to play him extremely tough. But in order for the Denver Broncos to win this game, it's got to be touchdowns, not field goals. So that's going to be your first indicator of what, how this game is going to go. Because again, you're going to get Adam Jones back. You're going to be a little bit more at full strength in the secondary, which is helpful. You needed him. You needed Jones healthy for the Week 4 game to play the, the Chiefs as tough as you did then. They're going to have him back. That pass rush is really feeling it right now, even without Shane Ray if he's unable to play. So I think the defense is going to do their job. It's going to come down once again the onus on Bill Musgrave making the right calls, You know, being creative, stepping on throats when needed, and then Case Keenum as the trigger man actually executing. So going out on a limb, we're going to get to the mailbag here because we're running out of time. I'm, I'm going to – I can't go out on, on a limb in terms of picking the Broncos to win. I mean, they're – what is it, 10-point no. line right now? Yeah. So I, I think the Broncos, once again, you know, it's going to be a moral victory type of game, too little, too late, day late, dollar short, whatever you want to say. No cigar, though, is the bottom line. They're going to fall short. I think I'll save my score for the Mile High Roundtable that will publish on Friday, but I have the Broncos losing this game. Big shocker. How about you? 
I do. I, it won't be a blowout, I don't think, either way, obviously. Um, I, I don't have the Broncos winning this one, and I want to flex for a second and say I'm 6-1, and one, so I'm going to keep my streak going. Um, I don't have them winning, but I do have them playing him very closely, the, the Chiefs. And make a great point that the, the pass rush and the defense right now, uh, they just demolished Josh Rosen. And I know the Cardinals are a far cry from the Chiefs, but if they can bring even half of that intensity and the creativity we saw on offense with Musgrave with those jet sweeps and the tosses and, and the play selection, they have to bring that intensity, that creativity that aggressiveness they can't play passive if they can bring that to that level and they can have the same game plan they had uh in the first meeting they can keep this game close do i think they'll win no but i think it'll be a one possession game that comes down to the fourth quarter i just think mahomes right now is rolling uh this chiefs team even with a bad defense um they're capable they can get it done and the broncos are hurting right now maybe without royce freeman maybe without darian stewart maybe without deshaun hamilton it's not ideal i mean the trade rumors have come up the chad kelly thing they'll play hard it's just not going to be enough for them yeah i agree but i do think it is going to be a compelling game and if the broncos are going to really turn their season around it has to be now because if they fall to five losses they get a Houston Texans team who, at this moment, have won four in a row. So then they go into the bye. And then in their final games, they face the Chargers twice and the three remaining teams of the AFC North, which include Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. And their only real kind of, you look at the schedule, kind of gimme games on the remaining are the Oakland Raiders in Oakland and San Francisco, who you kind of never know what you're going to get. They could play them really tough or they could completely blow out the Niners. So... It's not looking good. If the Broncos don't win this game, I see maybe three more wins on the schedule for them. Maybe, honestly. So, because if they do win this game, however, my answer is that all bets are off because that could give them the type of motivation and energy and momentum that literally could see them just storm through the rest of the season and really shock some people and make a run. But it all comes down to this game and what is it now, six straight victories for the Kansas City Chiefs on the Denver Broncos. It's time to time to break that streak. So we now move on to the Mile High Mailbag because, again, we're running out of time. And Zach and I, you guys know it, we're here for you each and every week as your football priests. We're here to offer the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions and sometimes just your reactions. And you got to get things off your chest sometimes. you got to exercise some demons. And you know what? This is one of them weeks. And the first thing here comes from Derek Wilson on Twitter, at Derek Cosmology. Derek says, I believe we should have kept Kelly at least for the rest of the season or start, uh, let's see. Oh, our starter gets injured and now we're screwed. Um, My quick thing, I'll serve this over to you, Zach, here is, you know, Derek has a point that Kelly goes down the season's over, or uh, Keenum goes down the season's over. But, like, that's it's kind of missing the force for the trees, in my opinion. Like, uh, Kelly was never really going to factor into the ultimate destiny of this season. What the Broncos are really missing out on here is the fact that they no longer have any form of a viable long-term developmental possible franchise quarterback on the roster. Yeah, you nailed it. it it's you got to look at the big picture. He wasn't expected to compete and push hard this year. They wanted him for 2019 and beyond, and you don't have that anymore. And that's where it hurts. This year, it's already looking like a non-playoff season. If he was going to come in and just be toward the end of the year, maybe for a game or so, it, it, it doesn't hurt them in the short term. It hurts them in the long term. And he, I would have kept him too. I agree with him. But they had to send a message. And I think ultimately, if you look at all the the factors and the pre-existing history, they made the right call. Not a call that I wanted, but a call I understand. 
I definitely understand the call, despite it not making sense to me on many levels. The Broncos were completely justified to make the decision they did, and uh, so we all got to kind of move on, and that includes Broncos country. Next question comes from Christy on Twitter, at MissChristy78. With all the trade rumors all week, plus Kelly's situation, do you think it has dampened the focus or mentality in the locker room? How will this transpire in the game on Sunday, Zach? Vance talked about that, and I think Chris Harris Jr. talked about that, that they're motivated right now. They're locked in. And on the other hand, what else are they going to say, though? They're going to admit that it's affecting them. Uh, I don't think it's going to it's going to be something that they win or lose by. It's going to come down to how well they execute on the field. Even if Kelly would have never got arrested, even if the trade deadline wasn't next Tuesday, it's going to come down to if the coaching and the game plan and the scheme is in place and the players can execute against a probably, if not indisputably, the best team in the NFL with respect to the Rams. It's going to come down to one-on-one matchups. How case, like you said before, how's Case Keenum? This is his game. It wasn't last week, and I, I said on Twitter to Broncos fans, enjoy the blowout. The Broncos played very well. They deserve props, but this wasn't the litmus test. Next week is the barometer game. This is going to tell us what we need to know about the 2018 Broncos team, how much metal they have, how they're going to respond. If they can upset the Chiefs, their season's right back on track. If they lose, it can spiral them into a another double-digit lost losing record. So I don't think it's going to hamper them, this Kelly thing. They can probably find some motivation if, if they're hearing their own press clippings. It's going to come down ultimately, though, to how they contain on the field, how they perform, and how they match up against their opponent. That's what it's going to come down to. Next question comes from Mile High Maniac on Twitter. All the trade rumors swirling around Dove Valley. If someone gets dealt, who are your predictions, top candidates for the Denver Broncos to trade before the deadline? So let's just narrow this down to one guy. If the Broncos make one trade as far as giving up somebody, because here's, here's, here's the thing. In a, if the Broncos really recognize that their season's gone, they lose to the Chiefs, then the deadline comes two days later – it's time to stare down the barrel realistically on a full-blown rebuild. And what comes at a premium in a rebuild? Draft picks and cap space. So one of the th- you, you kind of kill two birds with one stone. If you can unload some of these pricier veterans and then also get something in return, you're stockpiling picks and you're clearing cap space. So for you, though, Zach, if anyone gets dealt, who's it going to be? Demarius Thomas. And I will say, though, that whether they are buyers or sellers, I think depends on the game on Sunday. If they win this game, they may hold on to Demarius for a playoff run. They might keep all their chips. They might even go out and get a player, not a Patrick Peterson per se, but maybe someone else. Um, you never know. If they lose, though, I think they'll be more sellers. They have to look toward next year and the cap space they have and the players that are going to be free agents, the players they want to replace. The three names that keep that come to mind immediately for me, though, are Demarius Thomas, obviously. He has no place left on this offense. It's not his time anymore, and even he admitted that. Uh, Brandon Marshall, because they have Josie Jewell, and Marshall's pretty ineffective. We talked about that. And uh, Bradley Roby. Because he's a free agent next year. Maybe Shane Ray to that extent, too. So those are my four. But the biggest one, obviously, is Demarius Thomas. They have a surplus at the position. It's He's not effective in this offense. He's older now. He'll be 31, I think, in December. Uh, and they have Cortland Sutton. And he has a major salary. If they can find someone to take on that salary and the last year of his contract next year, I think he will be moved. But ultimately, what they do by next Tuesday will be dependent on how Sunday goes whether they're buyers or sellers. Yep. Can't disagree. Next comes from Zach on Twitter, at Baxter underscore 14. 
Literally, there are so many players who have done so much worse over their careers. Guys addicted to drugs, gang members, murderers, wife beaters. I don't know about murderers. I'm not sure where that one's coming from. Ray Um, Lewis? Well, okay, so in the NFL. (laughs) And they're cutting Chad because of this. It just seems so odd to me. And then Mo Johnson at Thunderstruck says, Reports state Kelly had a 0.0 blood alcohol content level at the time of his arrest. What was he on that he was reported as incoherent in someone else's home. Yesterday it was reported he went off the rails at the uh, gothic Halloween party. I, uh, you know, just from what I know, it sounds to me like maybe it was some kind of a, you know, weed thing Mm because, you know, edibles and everything in uh, Colorado are a huge thing, huge thing. So maybe he partook of something in that regard. He was definitely on something, and I would guess that alcohol was part of it. But it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, if there was some kind of little cocktail going on there where the alcohol and being a little drunk and buzzed that way was compounded by, who knows, some other kind of prescription drug or maybe even uh, a really strong and potent uh, THC product. Yeah, I don't want to expose myself too much, but I've ever gotten, you know, drank alcohol and, and walked into someone's house. I never <laughs> sat down on their couch and started mumbling to them. I've never done any other substance, let's say, and started acting like that. It, it was definitely something stronger than alcohol. If I had to give my absolute gut prediction right now, it was some sort of pill or, you know, powder, mm. weed, anything. There's something. It was It was serious stuff. It wasn't just – if he got belligerent, it was serious. It wasn't just alcohol. So maybe he had some alcohol. Maybe there was some sort of spiked punch at the party. But he took something. He ingested something. He either snorted it or smoked it or, dare I say, shot it. Mm. And that's why it made him what he what he was. So we'll, we won't know. You know, some people too – I'll just say this to flip the coin over. I've known a lot of people in my life who are completely just different different people when they're when they drink. And maybe Chad Kelly's just the type of guy who has to stay away from the sauce, especially in social situations, because out comes a completely different ego and a completely different mentality and personality. I've seen it time and time again with a lot of different people throughout my life where they're just a different person when they have a drink in them. So um, last question that we're going to get out of here comes from Joshua on Twitter. Joshua five 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 eight one four. My my brother, you still. I'm telling you again. You got to change that Twitter handle. <laughs> um, his question: What's an outside the box look for a QB the Broncos bring in, and how's Cravens been in practice? Is he still a go next week? Like, I, I just want to throw this out there. As far as a, a quarterback option, there there's really not all that much out there. Like, if I were the Broncos, Zach, you know what I'd do? I go knock on the door and see what it would take to get Kyle Slaughter back. Hmm. I would. That'd be amazing. I don't think the Vikings would bite for that because he's been really good there. But uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be the best case scenario because there's nothing on the free agent market right now. And maybe Matt Moore is the best option, and even he, you know, it's not great. They're not going to find that starting quarterback right now. One name who they're not going to sign though, and Broncos fans can forget about it right now, is Colin Kaepernick. It's not happening. So anyone keeps throwing it out there, tying him to that. Kaepernick's not coming back to Denver. Paxton Lynch not coming back to Denver. He's a free agent. They're going to sign some young quarterback or, you know, maybe even a rookie or undrafted free agent, maybe put him on the practice squad. It's not going to be a big name. They're not going to trade for Derek Carr, let's say. So maybe Matt McGloin, Matt Moore, someone like that. Someone, you know, just another capable body to hold a clipboard. So That's somebody super depressing. 
Right, yeah, someone that's the opposite of what Chad Kelly offers. In terms of uh, Sua Cravens, from all indications, he's had no setbacks with his knee surgery. He can play starting next week. It's the first week per NFL rules, week nine against the Texans. Assuming no setbacks, uh, I think he'll play. They have to clear a spot on the 53 for him. I think he will play, though. All signs point to Cravens being ready to go next week. So the Broncos are just going to have to find a way to get by without him one more game. And uh, here's to hoping that they can find a way. But, hey, that's all the time we got for today. We ran long today. But, look, we had a lot to talk about. I mean, this has been, geez, since last Zach and I talked to you, it was Thursday night. I mean, It felt like forever. Yeah, but now, exactly. It feels like a football lifetime. So much has changed since then. But uh, that's got to do it for today. We'll, We'll come back and hit you up again after the Chiefs game. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribing. Do not forget. Go leave a five-star rating on the show, especially those of you who listen on iTunes. But you can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247, and myself, at Chad and Jensen. Keep your chin up, Broncos country. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.